Welcome to Eat Drink Social. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and Courtney Sandora. We're a team over at Go Social, a PR and social media marketing firm with presence in both Louisville and Denver. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions or want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can check us out on our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. Happy to be joined now by Nick Pena in Miami, Florida, a.k.a. The Foodie on Instagram and also host of WTF Where's the Food podcast. Nick, thanks for coming on. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So I'm just going to get right into it because um, I'm, I'm kind of curious myself. What what came first, the podcast or the Instagram account? Uh, so first was the blog. Um, I was kind of out in L.A. one day on a work trip and we just having dinner with a friend. They're like, man, you really love food. You just started uh, like a blog. You know, back in the day, I don't even think Instagram was around or it might have just started. Um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. So kind of came back home and, you know, thought I was just thinking about names and the foodie just came up in my head for some reason um, and started it. Um, so it was a blog first and then kind of the Instagram and then um last year i thought you know it was time to to change kind of everybody's doing the same thing there's you know everybody's a food blogger or an influencer so i was like let me just try doing a podcast you know i my real job i work in radio so it was like a win-win for me nice so i'm curious about the 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 mutual uh, benefit of having both those things working off of each other. I mean, do you, do you find that you get listeners to follow you on Instagram or rather maybe do you get Instagram followers to start listening to your podcast? I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's a bit of uh, both. I know, I know podcasts kind of having its moment right now. Um, and you know, a lot of people still don't know. I mean, and, and to be honest, a lot of people you say, Oh, I do a podcast. And people are like, what is that? So I kind of had to explain, like, hey, it's like a radio show that I do on in, on iTunes. You know what I mean? And then they kind of understand. Like, some people see this app that, the, you know, on an iPhone that you get podcasts. They have no idea what it is. So um, I don't know if I get followers from it, but it's definitely um, – it's grown. And, you know, it's got people that maybe never heard a podcast before to listen. And, you know, I make it easy for them in the sense where I put the whole episode on the website too. So, you know, you may not be super familiar with how to use a podcast or anything or how to use an app or where to find a podcast, but, you know, it's on the website, you know, just as easy as clicking play for anything. Right on. So you're, you're in Miami, Florida, a fairly large city. I'm, I don't, I have admittedly not spent that much time in Miami, however, so I'm, I'm curious. Oh, come on. I, I haven't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I know I'm from Kentucky. We were all supposed to take spring day, spring break down there, but I just, I just never do. Um, so I'm, I'm curious though, how does, how does the dining scene in Miami kind of differ from other bigger cities of the same size? It's changing now more than ever, to be honest with you. Um, when I started, you know, there was something, there wasn't anything crazy. Um, I feel like we're trying to be, we're starting to be more recognized, you know, with the bar, the bar scene, like the Broken Shaker, you know, been nominated countless number of times, best bars in the U.S. and the world. Um, but so we have such a like huge Hispanic population here, you know, Cuban, Colombian, all these cultures come in. So I see that when you come and you dine here, all the restaurants, it's like a fusion, some mix of Asian and, and, and Colombian or all kinds of things. So it's really like, so you can come here and experience some food that you can't get anywhere in the country. I mean, where can you go? You just walk up to any corner, you know, in Miami, um, corner window, pick up a croqueta, you know, some, some Cuban coffee, uh, you know, anything like that. It's just like the simple foods that make Miami so great. 
So let, let's say you're you're out and about, uh, you maybe go to a new restaurant, and oh my god, the food looks amazing, like great presentation, uh, very photogenic food, uh, and you take a bite, and oh man, it's just not very good. Um, <laughs> does that food still kind of make the cut? Like it looks great, but maybe it doesn't taste great, but is it still worth talking about to you? I mean, it really depends. Um, for me, it's like, not one whole meal is really bad. I mean, there's very, very few of those. But, you know, you always find something you do like. I mean, at the end of the day, everything is going to go up in the story no matter what. But, like, food focus, like, one, obviously has to look good. And, two, to me personally, it has to taste good. I wouldn't post anything that doesn't taste good. But, like, overall, um, I, I don't consider – I mean, it's unless it's terribly bad, like, you can't lose a complete meal. You have to have at least one decent dish. What – makes a good food photo like what kind of food is the most photogenic in your opinion uh really depends for me i think any food can be photogenic and and you know i've talked about this with some chefs recently is like why does food that we love sometimes like food that's maybe not the greatest for you but like brown food why does it look so bad but it tastes so good mm -hmm. so for sometimes you know we don't post about it so you know i keep that in my head all the time and i'm like i try to like all the classic like you know food that i grew up with that you know probably looks like craps not but I, I try to post at least in the story to kind of get that out but i think you know if your photo has good lighting and it looks decent. I mean, I think it makes a good photo. I mean, burgers do great. I, you know, everybody, you know, nowadays, you know, I feel like we, and we blame ourselves for this, but um, we try to eat for Instagram. So, you know, it has to like be oozing cheese or, you know, you have to squish the chocolate and it comes out. Like, we, I feel like we need to get away from that again. Like, it's, it's so bad. And for example, that cheese pool that looks amazing on a photo could taste like crap. I, I agree with that 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 thought and that trend that um, sometimes we just go out to a new rest restaurant not for the sake of eating but for the sake of saying that we were there. I was just wondering if you had any further thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, and and, and sometimes I blame like all the 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 PR companies because they're like email to you like, hey, come try this spot. It's like the most Instagrammable dish. Like we shouldn't be eating for that, and I think that's the wrong reasons why we do this. I mean, there is people that do this for that. Um, my personal, I don't do it for, to eat for Instagram. I do it cause I enjoy food. I love the food and I love, you know, what kind of Miami's built down here. So I'm thinking about again, the size of Miami and just how many different choices there are, but all of choices of food to eat, but also just how many, you know, similar accounts, uh, to your own, uh, you know, kind of foodie Instagram account there are so down many. there. How do you, how do you stand out from those other ones? How do you, how do you differentiate yourself? So to me, that's where, you know, I think the podcast comes in. That's where I thought, like, you know, everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's posting the same food. So to me, I think, that, you know, by doing the podcast, I have something different. You know, I bring local chefs on. You know, we talk about just Miami in general. You know, I try to, you know, do, like, food porn of the week, you know, feature a dish from a chef that, you know, quote, unquote, looks food porn worthy. Um, and, you know, like giveaways. I think give, everybody's doing giveaways. Um, where I started, to, I started to group them. So this past uh, December, I did 12 days of giveaways. So I'll play on 12 days of Christmas, and it was 12 giveaways consecutively. Um, and kind of like no one's doing that kind of stuff. Like everybody's like, like a PR company will be like, oh, you know, we got this giveaway. Instead of you know everybody doing it at once, I'm saving them for like to group it. I think it's more of an impact. And you know, I kind of brand it. So 12 days of Christmas had its own logo and and everything. You know what I mean? Like some people just throw it up and. 
you know, um, that's where it kind of set yourself apart with the podcast, giveaways, things like that. Do you have a specific kind of style of brand that you like to work with um, or maybe just different kinds of food that you like to work with? I mean, if I if I was opening up a, a, a burger stand, does that really like entice you or are you more into, uh, I don't know, tacos? Uh, no, I mean, I love food all kinds of food i like burgers are my favorite taco like i like it all so there's not one specific that i tend to go on i do like when a brand approaches me like hey i want to do something they kind of know what they want and i'm here to help them either finish the thought or help them get to where they need to be like if you go and talk to a brand and they don't know what direction they need to go they don't really know anything it's it's kind of like it's hard you can suggest things you've done um but if there's no like creative you know, creative like attitude behind it and things like that. Those are the brands that I, I try to stay away with, and I and I would never promote something if I really didn't believe in it. How much of your of your content is kind of just like your own personal, um, you know, night out versus stuff that you are um, asked to post about? Um, so in a sense, like we get invited to these restaurants, and the hope for the PR company on the PR perspective is that we post. It's right. not required. Um, so a lot of it is I'm posting because I really enjoy the dish or I really, you know, this and that. A lot of, you know, times we go out on the weekend, you know, myself and I'm the guy that brings the light and, you know, takes pictures. No one can touch their food before we have dinner, that kind of thing. So a lot of it is, you know, my own personal taste. But, you know, we do get invited a lot. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's not like, hey, we're going to take care of you but you need to post it's none of that like you know we post and if there's an issue if i go to a restaurant i really didn't enjoy it i simply let them know like i'm not gonna bash it because that's not what i mean i'm not here to close a business um i'm just gonna let you know my thoughts on it and reason why you probably won't see a post on it right on so you you actually just uh mentioned that you you bring a light to, to certain meals yeah i have a selfie light <laughs> selfie you... light it's made for selfies yeah, but uh, uh, but you 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 can take pictures of food with it as well. Um, I I don't know, like if it if it's a a crowded restaurant, do you ever feel I don't know self conscious like taking it out and and um, uh, f- I mean, kind of fussing I think, with it? Like when I first when I first started, yeah. But so lately, I I don't care. Like that's what I do in a sense. Um, but there was this one situation where at a restaurant. And, you know, I was doing my thing, you know, within light and whatever. And the waiter comes over. is like, can you please turn off the light? And I'm like, well, you know, they invited me here. I'm here to take pictures, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, some people are complaining. It's too bright. And I'm like, who's complaining? Like, they invited me. If I'm on my own, fine, I'll put it away. But if you invite me and this is what you want me to do, then you shouldn't tell me to, to put it away. So, um, you know, just things like that. It's, you know, it's a bright light, but I try to keep it contained and I try to be as fast as I can, you know. When it comes to actually posting this content onto the onto Instagram, do you think that you'd rather have a great picture or a great copy for it, like a good caption? Uh, I think I'm gonna say I I think the great picture. I mean, because most of the time, I mean, I'm just saying from my not that everybody's like me, but I don't read it. Like if it's if I if the picture hooks me in, catch my attention, then I'll go ahead and read it. You know. But I feel like, you know, like now everybody's putting the fonts to like, there's just so much like just focus on the picture, make it pop. I like my photos to pop as much as possible, make them pop, grab their attention. And then there's a chance that you'll get the like, you'll get the comment and they'll actually read the caption. What kind of people follow you? That's an interesting question. Um, mainly female, um, which is interesting, but, um, 
all kinds of people, man. You know, I get like, you know, a lot of Hispanics, you know, people just coming in for the weekend. They're like, Hey, I'm coming to Miami. What are some spots I should go to? Um, it's really all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's mainly women and you know, 25, 54 is, is that range. Yeah. I would, I would venture to guess that's, that's Instagram in general. Um, is just women, women use it. Funny. It, but it's funny when I tell people that wi- I have mainly women, they're like, that's funny. Usually it's for food. It's usually men <laughs> That's more fair. dominant, which is weird. Um, and, and to that point, and, and that's why I kind of asked this question is once you kind of discovered that trend, once you started noticing that, did that affect what you posted? I mean, it did in a sense where, like, before I would just, you know, well, I, I like to edit all the photos regardless before I post. But then you kind of, like, overthink it, like, because sometimes, you know, you put yourself in this gaming where you see, like, other food people post and they're getting, you know, a thousand, you know, likes per whatever. And you're like, man, I need that photo that's going to get me that. And then you post something and it's disappointing. You're like, do I take it down? Do I save it? Because, you know, in a sense, you don't want to waste the quote-unquote good picture you know, your best picture of the week, you know? Um, and I think we just need to continue posting it. Let's do its round. You know, Instagram keeps changing their algorithms and we're here to, to just go with it. We don't have a choice. So going, going back to the, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, occasionally like PR companies will reach out to you and, and ask you to go somewhere and or invite you out somewhere. What, what grabs yeah. your attention? Like, I mean, if, if you receive a few, a few of those emails a week, um, you know, what, which one are you responding to? Is it the one that has like that plan, creative plan that you mentioned before or, um, I mean, it, it really depends. Um, like, so, you know, there's a couple of PR companies that rep different restaurants and stuff like that down here in, in Miami area. And, you know, you do have your favorites and, you know, you have your favorites that you work with that you just work well together. So those are ones I tend to, you know, respond quicker or say like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, you get the they're like can you really do us a favor and swing by so you know i try to be equal as much as possible but you do have your favorites i mean they try to put like things in the in the subject line like invite like so-and-so restaurant you know to me i just open it just email and i i read it if something that i i read and i really don't believe in believe in i just kind of like say hey thanks for sending and they'll follow up like hey you interested or something i'm like no not this moment that kind of thing Right on. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but one last question for you. Uh, I mentioned, oh, I mentioned uh, when we started that you know I haven't really spent that much time in, in Miami, unfortunately. So you know, let's let's say I'm I'm visiting sometime. If I have one day of of good uh, uh, of a good restaurant to like find down there, where am I going? Where should yeah. I go? So you definitely need to do uh, some kind of Cuban food. Um, tons of Cuban restaurants. You know, you might, you, people might know the most famous in Miami, which is Versailles. Um, it's on 8th Street. So go there and, you know, if you want to do a Cuban meal, go ahead and do some rice and beans and some kind of meat, chicken. Or you can just do like what we love to do is just go to the, they have these uh, windows. We call it ventanitas. Um, you grab some Cuban coffee, you know, a patelito, a croqueta. You know, croquetas are like the Miami thing. Like you can't find croquetas anywhere else like you find down here in Miami. Um, then I would, you know, Ariete is a new favorite of mine. Um, it's been open for three years, just celebrated three year anniversary. Um, it's not the best burger in Miami. It's definitely my favorite burger in all of Miami. Um, do that, grab some, uh, bone marrow oysters, great spot in, uh, Coconut Grove area. And then of course, um, I would say you can't leave Miami 
without doing Joe Stonecrab. Joe Stonecrab been down here for countless number of years. It's like a classic. It's an institution. At this point, go grab some stone crab, hash browns, and fried chicken. You didn't think a seafood <laughs> restaurant had the best fried chicken in Miami, but get some fried chicken. Well, it is the chicken of the sea after all. So, um. <laughs> All right, Nick. I, I appreciate your time today. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I look forward to visiting, and of course I will be researching your own uh, podcast and, uh, and, and blog and, and Instagram account before I do that. So, hey, Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate right. it. Take care, Nick. Appreciate it. Well, Courtney, I I, uh, I enjoyed that conversation, but um, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on one. I guess the idea of the quality of the food versus uh, just how good the food looks. I like taking pictures of food as next as much as the next person, but I don't really think I'm one to ever really go out to get a picture of food myself. But that's maybe just my my personality. But hey, if it already looks good, then I probably will get a picture of it regardless. Uh, but then also, I'm, I'm, you know, we we work with social media influencers a lot, and we send them product quite often. So I thought that part of the conversation was pretty interesting, and I'd also like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I really found the whole topic of eating for Instagram fascinating because in my head, I've known that probably more now than any other time period in our history – the way that food looks is important, right? And it's not just about going to a fancy restaurant anymore. It's about your home cooked meal. So I've had instances where I cook something, it tastes fantastic. And I go to take a picture to send to my mom because she's probably the only person who would care about what I made for breakfast. And it doesn't look great. And I don't send it because I have now been trained that, you know, if food doesn't look good, mentally you think it doesn't taste good right um but i think we could go run the risk of going too far so it's like the starbucks unicorn frappuccino um it could look beautiful but it tastes horrible uh food network magazine put out a study that said half of all millennials have admitted to buying a food product just because they thought it would make a good instagram photo and I think we have to be careful that we keep the quality of food uh, as the number one thing and then also have it look beautiful. And I think at the end of the day, you know, if something tastes horrible but looks great, it's, people are only going to go once. So I, I think, I don't think we're really at risk for that, but it is interesting to think about how important visually food is now than ever before. Uh, the other thing that he mentioned, which sometimes I struggle with, is this idea of brands giving direction to influencers, especially when it's an organic op. So you're just sending product for trade, trade for mention. And, you, you know, you have to think about how much direction can I give them without frankly, ticking them off, right? So if it's a paid opportunity, I feel like you have every right to say my expectations are X, Y, and Z. But when you're just sending product or in his case, you're just inviting someone for um, a meal at a new restaurant, you know, you have to tread lightly in terms of how much direction can you give? What can you require? Um, because it's, it's a fine balance between, you know, what you hope they'll say about your brand and then what they choose to want to post, right? Um, but 
I like that he said, I'm okay with you giving your vision, giving some suggestions. And, you know, he could really choose whether or not to take them. So I would say when you're sending out product or working with an influencer, there's no harm in saying, here are some suggested hashtags. Uh, here is our vision. Here's a couple bullet points about our product. Go ahead and include those because worst case scenario is they just say, I'm not going to use it. But at least you're setting yourself up for success as a business, as a brand, and you're arming them with information so that if they want to use it, they have it. Sure. Yeah. Well, well said. I think that's going to be something that we uh, that we should probably think about moving forward is just what kind of direction we can give them and when it is appropriate to do so. Um, but hey, thanks for everybody for uh, for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time.